All right, uh, take your Bibles, if you would, please, and turn to the book of 1 John, the book of 1 John. And, and as I look out, it's good to see all of you here. We need to do something about this section right here. We need to fill that section up. And uh, so be inviting your friends and your neighbors, and, and uh, we appreciate all of you that are guests with us today. We thank you for coming and being with us. We're in 1 John chapter 5. John chapter 5, and as you are turning to that, let me just share with you that uh, followers of Jesus Christ have been called uh, many things in Scripture. They're called, well, in, in Acts chapter 6, they're called followers of the way. The Bible says that at Antioch, they were first called Christians, the most common name, I think, in the New Testament is they're called disciples, which means learners. They're also called saints because they are set apart for God. They're called believers. They're called uh, beloved. They're called children of God. And each of those names describe a a distinctive characteristic of those who follow Jesus Christ, and in the verses that we are going to uh, look at this morning, just two verses in John chapter, First John chapter five, verses four and five, we uh, see another name that could be inferred or implied or suggested, and that is the name overcomer. Uh, we are overcomers in Christ Jesus. In First John chapter five, starting in. Verse 4, it says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Now let's pause there for a moment and go to the Lord once again in prayer. Father God, again we come to you. And we just thank you for the opportunity to study your word this morning. I thank you for the songs and the praise that we lifted up to you. And, and Father, I pray, God, that it was pleasing unto you. And I just ask you, God, to be with me as I try to share this message you've laid upon my heart. And I pray, God, that you would give me your anointing that I might be able to do so effectively. We thank you for this. We ask your blessings on us. In Jesus' name, amen. A Christian is one who overcomes. I think that's affirmed many times in the Bible, but let me just give you a few verses that affirm that truth. In the book of Revelation, chapter 12 and verse 11, they said, They overcame him, meaning the devil, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the words of their testimony, and they loved not their lives even unto the death. In the book of Romans in chapter 8 and verse 7, it says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57, it says, But thanks be unto God, who gives us the victory 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. God's children are to be overcome. We're to experience the victory that we have in Christ Jesus and we are to do that day by day. We are overcomers in Christ. So what does that mean? What does it mean to be an overcomer? And what does it take for us to be an overcomer, to experience victory in Jesus in a day-to-day basis? Well, I believe this passage that I just read, those two verses in 1 John chapter 5, gives us some insight into how we can be overcomers in Christ Jesus. And the first thing that we need to know is that we must acknowledge that there is a problem, that there is a problem. If we're going to ever learn to be overcomers, we need to understand that we're going to face difficulties, we're going to face uh, uh, hindrances, we're going to have hurdles that we need to clear. We need to become an overcomer. And if the word overcomer implies that there's something in our way that is trying to hinder us. There's something there that we must overcome. So as we realize the problem, we look at that problem and we face that problem and then we seek to find out how we can overcome that. Now, three times in this passage, it tells us that we need to overcome the world. So folks, listen to me. When we acknowledge the problems that we face day by day, we need to understand that the problems are not always circumstances that we're confronted with, but sometimes it deals with the commitment that we have inside. Amen? The commitment that we have to the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be committed to be an And this time, look what it says here, starting in verse 4. It says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. And who is he who overcomes the world? Who is the world? What is the world that it's talking about? It's not planet Earth. It's not talking about that. The, The world has many facets in the New Testament, it could be, it includes Satan and his plans to come against you. And it's also the sin that we see in our own lives and the pressure that that brings to us. It could be suffering that some are going through even today and the pain that that causes. It can be sensuality that all of us are confronted with from time to time and the pleasure that sensuality uh, promises. Really, the world is anything that stands in opposition to God. The world can be anything that comes between you and that right relationship with God through His Son, uh, Jesus Christ. And the Bible teaches us that we are to overcome the world. Now, what does that do? What, does that, what happens and why must we 
overcome the world because this is what the world does. Those things that stand between us and God, they dilute our Christian witness. They destroy our value system. They discourage our interest in the Word of God. They distort our understanding of who God is and what His purpose is for our lives. And they draw us away from the very presence of God. So I guess you could say in a nutshell, the problem, the world causes us to forget who we are and whose we are. I used to tell my children to remember uh, who you are and whose you are. That was a warning I gave them over and over and over again because when we do that, we lay ourselves open to the attacks of the evil one and to the attacks of the world that they might cause us to live uh, defeated lives. But this passage says that no matter what those difficulties are, that we can be an overcomer. It kind of reminds me of a story I heard a long time ago. I may have shared this before. I don't remember. But about it's talking about a, a man who was going to a little league baseball game. And he went up to one of the little players and he went up to him and said, uh, he said, uh, uh, what's the score? And he said, 18 to nothing, they're winning. And the man said to the little boy, he says, well, that could be very discouraging, can it? And he says, oh, no, we haven't even gotten up to bat yet. And, uh, and so, 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 so that's the kind of thing, that's the kind of thinking this verse tells us that it doesn't matter what the problem is. It doesn't matter how far behind we are. It doesn't matter how, how deep the hole is that we've dug. We can have victory and we can be overcomers in Christ Jesus. Oh, let me share with you another passage of Scripture. I'm going to turn to it. I think Matthew, Matt, uh, Thomas is going to have it on the screen up here. It's found in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting in verse 7. This is a powerful, powerful promise of God. It says, but we have this treasure... Now, what is the treasure that he's talking about? If you read on, it says, We have this treasure in earth, earthen vessels, the excellence of the power. It's talking about the power. We have this power. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. And it, God made it that way so we can always know it's his power and not our power. Amen? We rely on his power and our power. Notice what it says there. He says, we have this power uh, may be of God and not of us. We are hard pressed on every side and yet not crushed. We're perplexed but not in despair. Persecuted but not forsaken. Struck down but not destroyed. Over and over and over again. The scriptures teach us that it doesn't matter what the problem is we're confronted with. 
It doesn't matter what the uh, difficulties that we find ourselves in. It doesn't matter what the hindrance are, hindrances are, what the hurdles are. God's going to give us the power to overcome. And I say, wow, what a great God it is that we serve, that no matter what we're confronted with, we have the opportunity and God gives us the power to overcome that, to be overcomers. If we're going to be overcomers, we need to first acknowledge that there will be problems, but then we must accept the promise that God gives us. What is the promise? Well, if you look in verses 4 through 5, it, talk, it talks about in Christ we can overcome the world. We can be overcomers. That's the promise God gives us. What does it mean that we can be overcomers? It means that uh, we will never be defeated by Satan and his plans. It means that we will never have to be disgraced by sin and its pressures. It means that we will never be destroyed by suffering and its pain. And it means that we need not be distracted by sensuality and its pleasures. You can overcome. You can win the victory in Jesus Christ. That's the promise of God's word to each and every one that follows him. Now, let me share this morning that many Christians today need to refocus on that promise. Amen? There are lots of people in our world today that need to refocus on that promise. Some, some are in deep and dark valleys. Some are uh, suffering from great uh, disappointment or loss or even death. And we need to understand that all of this is temporary, that God's will is true, and we can become everything that we can be in Christ Jesus. And if we're going to do that, we need to accept the promises that God gives us, exceedingly great and precious promises that God gives us in His Word. Some people are walking wounded today. I want you to understand this. Please do. That God has never been defeated. Amen? God has never been defeated, nor will he ever be defeated. We've read the back of the book. We know that in the end, God wins. Amen? And if God wins, so do we. I, I see this confirmed over and over again in the Scriptures. Do you remember when Joseph was in Potiphar's dungeon? Do you remember when the Hebrew children were slaves in Egypt? Do you remember when David was overwhelmed by guilt because of his sin with 
Bathsheba. You remember when Daniel was in the lion's den and Jonah was in the belly of the whale and, and Joshua was facing the walls of Jericho and Peter was in the depths of, of despair after denying Christ three times. Paul and Silas were in prison. Jesus was in the tomb. But God overcame every single one of those circumstances. And folks, listen to me. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're confronted with today. No problem is so great that God cannot overcome it. Amen? Amen. And His promise to you is that He will be there with you. Folks, listen to me. I know. I know not everybody here today will certainly be president of the United States. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure that not many people here today would even want to be president of the United States. But I know none of us are going to... We may not become millionaires or billionaires. We may not, we may not become an all-American athlete or a world-famous actor or actress. We may, may not be any of those things. But listen to this. Listen to this. You can be an overcomer in Christ Jesus. And you can overcome every single thing that comes your way in Christ Jesus. But if you're going to do that, number one, you need to acknowledge that there's a problem, that there are problems in our world today. Number two, you must accept the promise that Christ offers each and every one of us. And then number three, you must apply the principles laid out in Scripture. You must apply the principle. The promise of victory goes to those who apply the principle. And what is the principle? Well, it tells us in four, uh, we overcome the world by faith. It is faith that overcomes the world. Now the biblical definition of faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But it can be as simple as opening a can of tuna fish and it being good and not bad. Uh, it can be as simple as getting in an airplane and allowing a pilot to fly you across the ocean. It could be as simple as getting in a car and driving in the streets of Dallas. I mean, it could be all of those are acts of faith, but that's not the kind of faith that John is talking about here. He's talking about a very specific type of faith, and it tells us there in verse 5 that the faith he's talking about is the faith that believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He is. Christian faith means that we put our trust in Jesus Christ. And that trust causes us to believe in Him. That trust causes us to talk to Him, to make our petitions known to Him. That faith uh, causes us to walk with Christ to a Abide in Him. 
And that's the key to being able to overcome the difficulties that we're confronted with. Now, what happens when we trust Jesus? What is the victory that we gain? Well, number one, he opens us up to the presence of God. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 28 and verse 20, Jesus says, Lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Jesus opens to us the presence of God where we can come into the very presence of the living God. Oh, what a privilege that is. Listen to me, folks. Think of God Almighty, the creator of the whole everything that is. And he says that our faith in him will open us up into his presence. We can come into the very presence of God and he will be with us every step of the way. So what is the victory? It opens us to the presence of God. But not only that, not only does it open us to the presence of God, but it opens us to the power of God. Many years ago, a man by the name of A.J. Gordon. You probably have never heard the name A.J. Gordon. But he was a Baptist preacher that lived back in the 1800s. And uh, uh, again, probably never heard of Gordon Conwell uh, Baptist Theological Seminary. But A.J. Gordon was the founder of that seminary. But many years ago, he was at the World's Fair. And it was right after the electric water pump was uh, uh, invented. And uh, he was at the World's Fair, and off to a distance, he was looking at all of the uh, displays, and, and at a distance, he saw a man pumping, you know, the old hand pump. And uh, he went over to see what that was all about, and as he got closer, he realized it wasn't really a man. It was just a dummy with his hand attached to the handle of that pump. But actually, electricity was running an electric pump, and the pump was uh, uh, the electric pump was pumping the water, and the water power, the force of the water power, was causing the man's, uh, the dummy's arm to go up and down. It looked like the man was pumping the water, but the water was actually pumping the man. Now that's what it's like when we enter into the presence of God and receive the power of God, so many times it looks like we're doing it on our own. So many times it seems like we're accomplishing the things uh, by ourselves. But in all reality, it's not us pumping the water, but the water is pumping us. It's not us serving God or living for God, but it's God living through us. Remember in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 where the Apostle Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, 
Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I live today, the life that I live now, is the life as, as a, is a life by faith in the Son of God. In John 15 and verse 5, I think we talked about this last uh, Wednesday night, and uh, John was saying this is the same John. He says, uh, Jesus is talking, he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, it is he that bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. It's not us that bears the fruit, but it's the power of God inside us that, that bears the fruit. And when we become overcomers, when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, He puts us into the presence of God. He affords us the power of God. And, he's open, and He opens up to us the plan of God. What is God's plan? What is His ultimate plan for the world? In the book of Revelation chapter 11 and verse 15, it says this, The kingdom of the world, remember the world we're talking about, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and His Christ will reign over it over forever and ever. That, that's God's plan that we will abide uh, forever in Christ and that His power will become our power. His plan will be our plan. The things of this world will someday fade away and every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So you see, folks, the final victory belongs to God and His plan is that you be a part of that victory, that you become an overcomer. And with that in mind, let me ask you some questions this morning. Do you believe that God is with you all the time? Do you believe that God goes everywhere that you go? Do you believe that God is able to provide for all your needs? Do you believe that the things of God are permanent and eternal? Do you believe that God loves you and cares for you? Do you believe that God is able and willing to make a difference in your life? If the answer to those questions is yes, then my message to you this morning is you live like that. Make your decisions based on that kind of belief. When you have things going on in your life, remember those things and claim those promises. Live your life based on those principles and you'll exercise faith and you'll be an overcomer. And by the way, let me say one more thing. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, 
the Bible says that it, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe, number one, that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So I ask you this morning, do you want to be an overcomer? Do you want to be victorious in life? Do you want to be everything that we can be in Christ Jesus? Then become an overcomer. Have faith in Jesus. And it won't be by your power because our power always runs out. It won't be by your strength because our strength is just not enough. But it will be by His. And He is all-powerful. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we thank You for today. I thank you, God, for the blessings that you give us. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you, God, for the promises, exceedingly great and precious promises that are ours in Christ Jesus. God, I'm asking you this morning to help us all to be overcomers. Help us all to have faith that Jesus is the Son of God. And that he came to save sinners and to adopt us into your family. That we might become heirs with Christ to the kingdom. We just thank you for this time. I pray, Lord, that you speak to our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.